Twitter live stream. We got a lot to cover here tonight, and we're going to shut off Willie's alarm clock in a minute. Welcome to the uh, the Brex Mill in Exile gang. Coming man cave at an undisclosed location in Newport. Come on, come on, let's go. Good Lord, is that how the Marines took Iwo Jima for crying out loud? Okay, so here's what we got, people. Uh, we're going to answer a couple questions right off the bat. It might seem like we're getting out of our lane, but really we're going to go right. You'll see we're going to slide right back into our lane. So a lot of people know last week I was at the spa. If you're a newcomer to this channel, you may actually think I was sitting at uh, La Costa Resort with cucumbers, hot rocks, and mud on my, you know, getting a nice massage. Well, I did all that, but at the same time, they went in there and they did some extensive surgery on the inside of me. Here's why I mention it. They gave me some crazy kind of anesthetic this time. I'm talking Michael Jackson at the mansion. I remember going into the room. I don't remember coming out. I don't remember waking up. And this stuff was like stayed in my system for a couple days. And so I remember like the next day, for like a couple days after the surgery, which was two weeks ago, a couple days after the surgery, I was having a full bed, a hospital bed, and I would just, uh, uh, I would just close my eyes. And as soon as I closed my eyes, I got this really vivid image of a dream. Like I remember one time I was like playing poker or something. And in the dream, I was reaching out to grab something. And when I opened my eyes, my hand was in front of my face. I was trying to grab something. And that's how real it was. It took me five or 10 seconds to realize I was not in a dream. This was in real life. I had just woken up from a dream. How that happened like 10 times to me. And it made me think, it made me rethink everything I thought that was real, everything I thought that was unreal. And whether I've gotten the whole thing mixed up all together. Because I came across two stories this week. Happened to me personally. That made me think that, you know what? Maybe I've been gaslighting you guys this whole time about black crime and violence. And, and relentless black victimization. Relentless white racism. All the time, everywhere. That explains everything. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I've been under this anesthesia-induced dream. For the last eight years, since, nine, since the year uh, 2012, here's, how, here's the first example. So, uh, again, people who follow this platform know every once in a while, I, I like to take a pot shot at Teesprings. Teesprings was my T-shirt vendor, right? They're called Print On Demand. You know, I go out and hire some people to do some really cool designs, slap them on a you take them to Teespring, slap them on a T-shirt or, a, or a, a phone case or a cup, and you sell them, right? Teespring takes care of all the rest. So it was going pretty well, and I was promoting the crap out of it. Like, you know, all my videos, uh, my podcasts. Remember, on my videos, I've had 150 million video views since I started doing videos. Add that to millions and millions of podcast hits. 
I don't know how many people read the books. I don't, you know, they pass them around, the articles, the interviews. So I'd always mention Teesprings because, you know, one of the things you learn in this enterprise anyway is that there aren't going to be any white knight advertisers come along and say, Colin, we want you to advertise our holsters. Here's a bunch of money. Don't worry about it. No. Right? And you guys are doing a great job of that by buying the cups and the and sending in the shekels and all that good stuff. So them drinking it. One day it all screeched to a halt. No surprise. We got stopped by Teesprings for the same reason we got kicked off of YouTube, Google, Facebook, Patreon, PayPal, and a couple other places. It's always the same. It's like, you violated our terms of service, Colin. Well, what did I do? Well, you violated. Well, no, tell me specifically what I did. Well, we can't tell you that, but don't let the door hit you on the way out. So when I try to stay, when I say I'm staying in my lane here, our lane is exposing the greatest lie of our generation, the hoax of black victimization, white racism all the time, everywhere. That explains everything. Our lane is not hassling big high tech companies that have more lawyers and more money than any of us will ever dream of. So when they shut me down at Teesprings, they did something the other guys didn't do. I said, okay, you're not the only print-on-demand company out there. I'll just go to somebody else. And I ended up at Gearbubble. But I went back to Teespring and I said, oh, by the way, uh, you know, I got $1,000, about 1000 bucks, sitting in my Teesprings account from all the sales I made. And can I have my money now? So they didn't reply for a couple of days. And when they finally did, somebody said, uh, blah, 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 terms of service, blah, 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 hate speech, blah, blah, blah. We're going to take your money and give it to back to the community. So I sent them an email saying, oh, no, that's not happening. That's two years ago. But here's the thing. The, the amount was large enough to get me annoyed, but not large enough to go get a lawyer to sue somebody in San Francisco for a thousand bucks. But every time, you know, there's a saying in Southeast Asia, if you sit by the river long enough, pretty soon all of your enemies will go floating by. So I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to sit by the river. And every time Teesprings comes by my one of my platforms, I'm just going to take a big rock and throw it at them. So you know, I do that from time to time. It's not like, you know, I don't go hunting them, but when they come by my view, big bam, boom. That happened the other night on Twitter, except this time was different somehow. Somebody said, hey, I was going to do some business with Teesprings until I found out what they did to my man, Colin Flaherty. So we're not going to, you know, screw you, Teesprings. All of a sudden, hundreds of people started retweeting this. Hundreds of people started sending me emails, text messages. Some of them knew the story, some didn't. All of a sudden, I get a little message from Teesprings. They go, Colin, can you direct mail us? We understand you're unhappy. Just like I'm unhappy at True to Roof over there yapping right now. I didn't say a word. I was making calls, sorry. <laughs> You let it. I said I jumped on that Teespring fan when I did myself. Oh, you know what? All is forgiven. <laughs> anyway, that was Irish Mike. Irish Mike was one of the guys who jumped in and said, Oh, that's BS, right? A lot of people jumped in. So finally, Teesprings jumps in because we're tagging them every step of the way. And they go, Colin, Colin, if you're unhappy, tell us. Send us a DM. I said, No, no. I've gone through the private communication thing with you. Here's what happened. You guys kicked me off. I said, fine. I said, give me my money. You said, no. I call Teesprings right now, thieves and liars. And if I'm not telling the truth, that's actionable. Yeah, 
When I was a reporter, I paid attention at all the libel and slander seminars. Truth is the ultimate defense against libel. You guys stole my money. That's what I told them. So then they started sending me these private messages. And the private message, which I have on the phone, I'm recording, you know, broadcasting this with, they said, oh, Mr. Flaherty, we are so sorry. We made a mistake. This thing's two years old. We made a mistake. And I've gone to my guy, and we've done coaching. We've coached him and told him how wrong he is, blah, blah, blah. And work, you know, all you got to do is re-sign into your account and just take your money out through PayPal. Now, here's the thing. I wrote that grand off a long time ago. But at the same time, if somebody's going to hand up, walk up to me and give me a grand, I'll take it. But at this, also at the same time, I didn't feel like explaining to them the same people who sent them emails to get me kicked off of Teesprings were the same people who sent PayPal emails to get me kicked off PayPal. I just didn't feel like getting into it with her, right? I said, okay, listen, if we're going to play 20 questions, I'll answer your questions. You got to answer mine first. One, why did you kick me off? I want to see the specific item that violated your terms of service. Just tell me. Okay? Okay, now here's where this, here's why, here's why I'm telling you the story, this part right now. Because here's where this story goes from being stupid and obnoxious to full-on crazy. So Teesprings writes me a letter, and they go, Dear Mr. Flaherty, we can't find anything where we said you violated our terms of service. No, our only, our only records show that you asked for us to discontinue your account. What they're talking about was at one point, I, look, I pulled the email, looked, looked at it. At one point, I had like two stores on Teesprings. They were kind of confusing me and confusing other people. I said, hey, is there any way to combine these stores just so, you know, it makes it? And they go, no, you can't do that. I said, okay, fine, fine, fine. That's all right. Anyway, so one minute they're apologizing to me for kicking me off. But at least at that point, they had a little shield, right? They had terms of service saying, you violated our terms of service. We're kicking your ass out of here and keeping the money. Okay. I almost say that's like a tissue thin shield, but it's a shield. But then they write me a letter going, no, we never kicked you off. Then why did you keep my goddamn money? So you go from being a company policy to outright theft. This is supposed to make the situation better, right? And so I kept asking them questions. It's like, I asked them that question. If, if, if you guys did this, you know, if I'm the one who did it, they're gaslighting me. If I'm the one who canceled it, why'd you keep the money? Well, we coached him on that and blah, 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 blah. And so it just went on and on. But here's the one thing that I'm not ready to settle with Teespring. As far as I'm concerned, that $1,000 is like Peter Navarro used to tell me. We play golf together. He goes, Colin, sunk costs are sunk costs. A little econ talk. So that 1000 bucks is gone. I don't care about that 1000 What I care about is if Teespring is going to, you know, reimburse me for what that thing cost me, how about all the money I put into, into the ads? How about all the money for graphic design? What about, what about the exposure from tens and tens of millions of videos and podcasts and articles and books where I talked about my Teespring account? You guys just wiped that away overnight. And now you think the best you can do is give me 900 or a thousand bucks and say, Hey, Sorry you caught us stealing your money. Sorry you have a big enough platform that we noticed you took it.
we took it. Sorry about that. So they're getting, I mean, it's like, but really the weird thing is, I mean, they sent me this letter saying I canceled it. Every, it's like, I thought, man, did the anesthesia, like, have I been under anesthesia, anesthetic shock for like eight years now? I totally misimagined what had happened. So we're going to stay on Teesprings. To me, you know what Teesprings is? They're just big enough that we can kick their ass and they're going to have, they're like going to be like the punching bag for Google and YouTube and PayPal and all these other, Facebook, all these other places that have deplatformed me, not for telling a lie, but for telling the truth. So if you guys want to settle, let me know, because as far as I'm concerned, nothing's changed. And every time you come floating by my platform, we're going to remind people the truth about what a terrible company you are. Okay, so that's the first gaslighting story. The second gaslighting story happened on somebody who True to Roof and I have been talking about lately, as he's the most consequential guy in America these days. You know what I'm talking about. I thought you were talking about me. Tucker who? That guy from Teesprings. <laughs> we're talking about Tucker. True to Roof got it right. Irish Mike, you don't have to tase him now. Again. Go ahead, Mike. Tase him. Tase him. It's fun. You know, the guys in this room are all the guys that were with us. We we're all together, you know, holding that sign up in the background on 95 a couple months ago. Anyway, so I'm watching Tucker. And Tucker's just been hitting it out of the park every night. And he's not been shy talking about Black Lives Matter, which is good. But he did something the other day that just got at me annoyed enough that I thought, it was in a. It was a led to a much bigger thing. So here's the thing: Tucker had a guy on, the guy I didn't, I didn't, I had not heard of before, and he said he was doing these stories on critical race theory, and the guy breathlessly said, oh, "Yeah, it's happening here, it's happening there," and the guy even said on Tucker, he said, "I call on the White House to stop this critical race theory." A couple of days later, Trump issued an executive order saying we're stopping it. But here's what Tucker said what the guy said, and he said it, repeated it the other night, and they repeated it with such authority. Again, it made me, made me like thinking, made me think that, man, am I still under some kind of anesthetic shock here with some kind of quantum physics overlay that something they did to me now influenced my judgment eight years ago? Because they said, this is the only guy, this reporter was the only guy who was talking about it. And that kind of got a little bit under my crawl. Not because I want to be on Tucker. Not because I want to see my face splashed up there and sell a billion books and have, you know, Angelina Jolie and Ann Coulter come calling up my back porch and give me a shoulder rub while I do a podcast. No. Oh, by the way, I'll get to podcast in a minute. But really, to say that nobody's been talking about critical race theory, I looked at my notes. I looked, I just went and Googled it. I Googled Colin Flaherty, critical race theory. My first story on it was 2012. But I was reporting on a, a school board in Arizona and a couple of other places that they were, you know, they were hiring these outfits, Courageous Conversations, Glenn Singleton, to come in and teach the teachers how to teach the teachers about white racism, black victimization all the time, everywhere. That explains everything. Critical race theory. And... So I've been doing that for a long time. But every once in a while, I would say, listen, I don't want your guys' eyes to glaze over. 
But when I use this victimization and race, permanent victimization racism thing, people call that critical race theory. So I was talking to the great Willie Shields about that the other night. And he goes, yeah, I remember the first time you told me that a long time ago. He said he, said he didn't really believe it that much. And I understood why for the same reason I didn't believe it at first. It's because it's so stupid. It's so unlikely. It's so irrational. It's hard to believe that anybody would look at that and go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Let's start teaching that in grade school, high school, colleges, and let's spread it through the entire local, state, and federal government as well. So I've done over 100 stories on that, over 100. Lots and lots of, you know, millions of people have been exposed to critical race theory through that. I'm not the only one. I wasn't the first one. Investors Business Daily used to do a bunch of stuff on this. The great Ilana Mercer's done a bunch of stuff on this. Breitbart, do you remember the story Breitbart did in 2012? Obama was running for re-election against uh, Romney. And Breitbart and Joel Pollack, one of their writers, they found a tape of Obama at Harvard when he was introducing his mentor, Derek Bell. Derek Bell is the creator, the godfather of critical race theory. Professor Derek Bell, Harvard professor, a fellow. And so when Breitbart did that story, made a big deal about it, they teased it. It didn't really make a splash. I did a podcast about that too. I called it the scandal that never happened. No, you know, they came out there and it just didn't make a big splash. And the reason is, well, we know why the libs didn't make a big splash about it, because they believe this stuff. They do believe that black people are relentless victims, relentless white racism all the time, everywhere. That explains everything. And it's permanent. So they're happy. But conservatives, by and large, are terrified of it. Conservatives, a lot of people feel like they want to, they don't want to really talk about the world of ideas. They want to play on a team. And if you're going to play on a team, you know, you got to be true to your school. And, you know, and so we can't do anything to upset the fellas or else they won't vote Republican. And so instead of voting 93% Republican Democrat, they might actually vote 94% Democrat. We can't have that. So there are lots and lots of people talking about critical race theory. But what got me annoyed is the very same people like Tucker, again, most consequential guy in America right now, the very same people who look at the mainstream media and give us every day, chapter and verse, just like I've done in my books and my videos, chapter and verse about how these guys are so divorced from reality. Here's, you know, we see the videos all the time. It's like, here's the reality. Here's the story. Huge gap. So Tucker has been leading the way of exposing the, men the mendacity of these mainstream press reporters. But then he gets this guy on there talking about critical race theory, and he says he's the only one talking about it. Tucker said that because my reporting on critical race theory and Ilana Mercer's and a lot of other people, our stuff was never validated by the New York Times and Washington Post or CNN. So we can't have it both ways. We can't call the we can't rightfully call the New York Times a bunch of lying bastards do it every day with no regard for the truth. We can't do that on one hand. And on the other hand, we can't say, well, yeah, unless you're in there, you know, you're not really, we don't really consider you to have existed. So yeah, Tucker, listen, I'm glad you and your buddy are out there. I've been talking about critical race theory 
on every single level you guys haven't even imagined, right? And it's not just, on the, you know, it's not like this stuff's hard to find. It's in my books, hint, hint. And, I, you know, I've had critical race theory on my Google News alert for a long time. It's astonishing how many publishing houses are desperate for fellas and lovely ladies to write books about critical race theory in every aspect of our lives. You know, so Trump, I guess to his credit, he went in there and said, it. we're not going to do it anymore. But, you know, I remember when Trump was first elected, we did a lot of talking about this on video and in podcasts. We say, here's the big question about Trump. Is he going to go in and just with some sh into this overgrown garden and just cut back some of the weeds, cut back some of the foliage? Or is he going to go in there and grab it by the roots and pull it out? Well, clearly, for the first three and a half years of his presidency, all Trump did with critical race theory and white racism and black victimization, he didn't touch it. Thinking of all the pandering he did to the black colleges, the so-called second, second chance effort, that second chance effort was pure critical race theory. Nobody told you that, Mr. President, when you were signing and pumping that law? I mean, in prison? for no reason whatsoever. That's critical race theory. I call it, it's such a big business now, I call it critical race industry. And so Tucker, again, you know, to say, to say he's the only one talking about it is stupid. It's harmful. It marginalizes your allies, your conservative allies who are out there. We're out there developing our own audiences we're not waiting for the New York Times or Washington Post to validate us. Just the opposite. We are the ones critiquing them, exposing them. And so don't marginalize the most important voices in this country just because you think you have a scoop when this guy is merely going over ground that a lot of other guys have plowed in the past. Glad he's out there doing it. But you know, in all the times I've been doing this, hundreds and hundreds of times talking about this, Never once did I say, hey, man, we're the only ones out there. No, what about Jared Taylor? What about all these other people out there? Tons and tons and tons of people out there talking about it. So please, don't be one of those people who pulls their head out of the sand for the first time in 50 years, maybe the first time ever, and they look up at the sky and they go, wow, I just discovered the sky is blue. No, the sky's been blue for a long time. You just had your head in the sand. So Tucker... Get back to doing your consequential work, but don't be so quick to pretend you're the only one out there who sees anything, what's going on. We're going to get some, get some questions in a minute, but let's do, let's do one other thing. This is, a, this is really another gaslighting thing, really. You guys know what gaslighting is, right? I mean, I, I remember when I first started doing this, somebody told me what gaslighting was, and I said, what's gaslighting? Well, it's named after a movie and a play, and gaslighting is... When you're trying to convince somebody that everything they're experiencing is the delusion. So it's a famous movie where I think it was Ingrid Bergman was in a house. One day the painting would be here. Next day it'd be over there. And she would go, who moved the painting? And the, her, you know, the people in the house would go, it's always been there. That, you know, purple car would show up in the garage. Hey, I thought we had a, blue, a, a red car. No, we've always had a purple car. So lots and lots of gaslighting going on out there. And it's up to us just to keep, you know, to keep putting one foot in front of the other. We don't care what team is gaslighting us. 
We just care about the truth around here. We care about exposing the greatest lie of our generation. We're going to get to Dallas in a minute with a couple of questions. And I'm going to care. We'll get Dallas in on this segment anyway. So last night, flipping through the dials, since I've been laid up, I kind of have to stay on my back for a while. So, you know, getting to be an expert with the channel changer. So last night I was just, you know, I saw a video on TV and the video was a bunch of fellas and lovely ladies in Rochester, New York, screaming Black Lives Matter, top of their voice, voices, flags, Black Lives Matter, going into restaurants, yelling people, threatening people, breaking things, all in the name of Black Lives Matter. I mean, doesn't matter if the protesters are black or white, every single riot we've had in this country over the last three months has been done in the name of Black Lives Matter, has been done in the name of critical race theory, every single one. And so, uh, you know, there was a study that came out of Princeton just the other day, and they said 555 protests were, were riots, all the rest were peaceful. 93% were peaceful protests. I said, okay, I want to check. Well, they said in Wellington there were no riots. And there were like a half a dozen riots. So this is kind of going back to what we've been talking about around here for a long time. You know, when you see a little old lady going down the street and a bunch of fellas come by and beat the piss out of her, kill her, rape her, rob her, whatever. And the reporter comes on and goes along, comes in and says something like, well, they had a verbal disagreement before their scuffle, as if somehow there was a mutual combat thing going on here, when it very rarely is. So anyway, to, to fresh, you know, latest example, that's what it was. Black Lives Matter. Nobody's hiding anything. Proud as can be of all the destruction they are carrying on in the name of Black Lives Matter. Okay, then I did something I'm not proud of. I'm glad I did it. Next channel over was Monday Night Football. I didn't know it at first, because when I got there, there was just a, they had like a one or two minute public service announcement with, about Monday, about social justice and racial justice and how Chris Collinsworth said, man, it's about time we did something about this. Lots and lots of videos of black signs, Black Lives Matter signs. Curiously, none of those people were burning restaurants or throwing bricks at people. They were all holding hands. Black Lives Matter is very proud of the violence they do. Uh, but here's the thing. So during the, during the game, I kept going back to hear what the announcers were saying. And Chris Collinsworth said a couple times, he said that, uh, you know, it's about time things change in this country. And that's what everybody was saying. But here's the thing. Nobody said what has to change. So I'm just going through my mind going, okay. What's next? I mean, okay, I'll throw some ideas at you, Dallas. Should we give them a couple hundred extra points on their SAT scores when they go to college? A thousand points. Already doing that, right? A thousand, yeah. How about this? Why don't we give them some free food? I don't think they had to take SATs, did they? What's that? What's that? Just one equality. Well, we can't some free food. That, that get it done? What if we give them a free place to live? Will that get it done? What if we give them free phones? Will that get it done? What if we give them free childcare? Will that get it done? Free education? Will that get it done? Now, last night, I saw Comcast running a big commercial with their new magic bullet. Their new magic bullet to get this done, to make things change, 
their magic bullet is free internet. The only thing stopping the fellas and lovely ladies from learning right now is free internet. 16 schools in Baltimore. Nobody reads, writes, does math above a third grade level. 16 high schools. The level of contempt people have for learning, education, books. These are white things. These are scorn. Held, uh, nothing but hostility. Is this internet going to change that? What's this incredible level of black crime and violence? Of all the hostility and scorn, hatred, even murder directed at cops? Is anybody talking about that? Is that going to change? What's going to change? I'm fresh out of ideas. I don't even call them ideas. I call them excuses. I'm the excuse whisperer. Heard every single one. A million of them. So what's next? Chris Collinsworth. You said it 10 times last night. Something's got to change. Here's the thing. The fellas want, the fellas want to separate from us. There's no doubt about that. They tell us an African-American flag. They want them to fly an African-American flag in one of the football games. They did it last night. Yeah, and they, they played. You know what? They played a song we've played 50 times on this platform. I've always waited for somebody to come and say, hey, Colin, I, heard, I know what that song is. We played the Black National Anthem on this platform many times. You know what? It's actually kind of catchy. But Yeah. You know what? Alan's been, let's talk about the podcast for a minute. Alan's been filling in for my podcast last couple of weeks. Alan, the barbershop guy, boy, he's been doing a great job. Too good of a job. Everybody loves this guy. So thank you. Mr. Nothing, thank you, Alan. Thanks, Mr. Nothing. I'm going to take one more week away from the podcast just for a little more R&R, &R, but I'll be back. And Alan, yeah. Yeah. I haven't got it yet. Yeah. I'm not going to take it until they get way more than a thousand. But, uh, anyway, so Alan, Alan is going to, Alan the barbershop guy is going to continue doing the podcast, I hope, even when I'm, I'm back. So I'm looking forward to that too. But really, so, I, so that's the new thing now. The new thing is, we want, you know, we want social justice. This is has to change. Nobody's, nobody has the nerve, the nuts, or the imagination to tell us what has to watch in this TV show called Hard Knocks. And, you know, here's the thing. To play football in the NFL, that's no bullshit, man. Everything you do is taped, even in practice, especially in practice. And they will cut you for doing something wrong in practice. So there was one scene where the rookie receiver, he's on the cusp. The coach comes up and he's trying to, you know, trying to educate him a little. He goes, hey, instead of doing blah, 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 do blah, 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 blah. The rookie starts telling the coach why the coach is wrong and the rookie's right. The rookie was like out of there in a big hurry. The NFL is all about 100% the people who play there, 100% personal responsibility for every single thing you do on that field. You miss a block, you're not allowed to come back and go, oh, man, I thought Dallas was going to cover that. I thought True to Root was going to handle that. No. You're gonna, there are going to be consequences. There are going to be consequences. Yep, and during the same show, though, they got all the players together, and 
they, they, they all agreed that whatever happens to black people, black people have no responsibility for whatsoever person's fault. That has to change, man. White people got to take responsibility for this shit because everybody knows, you know, cops are killing black people every day. No, more cops get killed by black people uh, than vice versa. This is part of the greatest lie of our generation. Um, Dallas, we got any good uh, hot questions coming in or comments? Oh, we got one question. Steve Miller is aware of your work. Who's you got? Is he the guy in the white house? Yeah. yeah. I don't know the answer to that. But here's, here's what I do know. He, he's a, he's a, here's what I do know. If you have a person that you listen to on the radio or on the internet, or, or a guy in government that's your favorite guy. Chop him an email. Say, hey, blah, blah, blah. Check out Colin's stuff. Because he, you know, he's he's telling us what's going on. And um, I mean, that's the way to, that's that's the way to, to really answer that question. It's like, let's not guess. Tell him. See if you can get a reply from him. That's how I got on uh, Hannity, that's how I got on Alex Jones, that's how I got on a bunch of places. People just writing letters to these guys and going, Man, you really gotta watch got to do this. People were doing that this week, too. A lot of that this week, especially at Sean Hannity. Good. All right, Dallas, I think we're starting to wind down here. Yeah, I guess so. What do we got here? Dallas is checking out some of the comments and questions. Any of that, anything we haven't covered already? When George Floyd said he was just hooping, what did he mean? I have no freaking clue. It's a weird thing about it's a weird thing about uh another thing about hard knocks. So they take the camera into the practice, and you hear the fellas talking to each other. Literally ninety percent of the time, like right now on hard knocks, they run subtitles when fellas talking to each other because we don't have slightest idea what they're actually saying in real in real language. They're running subtitles and. Is that not a form of separation, speaking a different language that is not obvious to you and to me? Of course it is. All right. Why, anybody out there got any? Because uh, you can trade a Joe. True to roof. No, true to roof. Once he gets, once he gets going, man. You don't want to, you're not going to stop him. Anyway, listen, again, again, thanks you guys for all the support while I was out. Thanks for keeping the shekels coming into my subscribe star account. Keep an eye on your emails. Go sign up for my email at Colin at Colin Flaherty at Colin Flaherty .com. Um, We'll stay in touch no matter how much knowingly or not Tucker Carlson tries to marginalize conservatives who have been deplatformed. Our only and best alternative is staying directly in touch with you through email so you guys know where we are. So got a lot of cool things coming up. I think we're going to do a lot more interviews when I come back. We're going to have a lot more different gear, like we got candles floating around. We'll have a lot of cool stuff out there for Christmas. Really proud to be part of this with you, exposing the greatest lie of our generation. I hope I see you back here next Friday night. But until then, Irish Mike, do you have any advice for these people, what they should do between now and Friday night? Get your head on the swivel. And don't, don't make, make the black kids, kids angry. angry.
We'll give Irish Mike partial credit for that answer. Dallas is worse than the great Willie Shields. Hey, I thought he was the line, the guy who stepped on all the lines around here. Hey, Taylor, last thing. You know what? Oh, here's something cool. Sorry, I should have signed off. Um, Jack Cashel has a new book. Kind enough to put me in the acknowledge it. This is a great.